The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Tonight, or right now, Psalm chapter 110. Psalm chapter 110, uh, if you follow along, we actually read the first few verses yesterday in yesterday's episode, and we talked about Jesus. We we talked about the fact that this psalm is what they call a messianic psalm. It's a prophetic psalm referencing Jesus as the Messiah. And so it referenced the first few, three verses, referenced him as as the king. Uh, Today we're going to see Jesus as the priest, as the high priest. Verse number four, uh, the Lord has sworn and will not repent. Thou art a priest after the order of Melchizedek. The Lord at thy right hand shall strike through the kings in the day of his wrath. He shall judge among the heathen and shall find the, fill the places with the dead bodies. He shall wound the heads over many countries. He shall drink of the brook in the way. Therefore shall he lift up the head. Now this, it seems, a little, especially the couple of verses, seems a little dark. And we'll explain really specifically what it is so you get an understanding of why it sounds the way it does. But let me take a minute and explain to you verse 4. Because verse 4 is one of those verses that people look at and honestly, they're not exactly sure what to do with it. And uh, so it's very messianic in the aspect that most people don't even, I mean, some of them can't even pronounce Melchizedek or who is Melchizedek and why is he after the order of it. And, and if you've read through the Bible, you've seen the name come up once or twice or randomly, you've heard it, but it's hard to make the connection. So I'm going to take a minute and explain to you the connection. In verse 4, he introduces Jesus more than he's, he is the king in the first three verses, but he'll also be the high priest. Now, let me explain why. The king is the conquering king. He's the ruler, the high priest. Remember in the Old Testament, the high priest was the one, they had the tabernacle and the temple, and so you could go into the holy place, but only the high priest could enter into the holy of holies through the veil and they would go in. In fact, it was such a serious thing that the high priest would wear bells on his gown. So if he went in with sin and wasn't right, he would die. And if they didn't hear the bells ringing, they realized he would die and actually had a, t- a rope tied to his ankle and they'd pull him out. So it was a very serious thing for this high priest. It was an important job that they had to follow and all of these um, rituals they had to follow to be able to enter. Well, when when Jesus died upon the cross, one of the things that took place was the veil down in the current temple was rent from top to bottom, rent in half. Basically separate. No, the high priest was no longer necessary. We can now come in the presence of God. Why? Because Jesus took the place of high priest. He was the one. He was the high priest in the Old Testament was the intercessor. He would intercede on behalf between Israel and God. Well, that was no longer necessary because Jesus was the intercessor. He is our high priest. So because of Jesus, we can go to the presence of God. And that's why. It's one of the reasons when we pray, we use phrases like in the name of Jesus or in Jesus' name. That's not your typical, you know, ritual traditional phrase that we use. Some people think it is. It's not. It actually is a very important phrase in praise, in prayer, because it reminds us that Jesus is the high priest. We can come to Jesus, we can, excuse me, we can come to Almighty God because of his son Jesus and what he has done, because he's the high priest. And so let's look a little bit at this. In verse 4, he mentions after the order of Melchizedek. Let me give you a couple thoughts I wrote down that help you, just give you a basic understanding of why, what's the importance of Melchizedek. The word Melchizedek in the Hebrew tongue literally means king of righteousness. Now, you can go back, the original 
uh, priestly uh, line. If you had to be born into the priestly line to be a priest in the Old Testament, and that came through Aaron, Moses' brother. And so you were born into that line. But see, Jesus was not one. He was, he was born into Judah, but he himself was not a, a human priest. He was a divine priest. And that's when you get back to the term Melchizedek. A lot of people struggle with who he was. He, let me tell you a couple unique things about Melchizedek. There is no record of the time that he was born, and there is no record of the time that he died. Um, in fact, this mysterious king is first seen in Genesis 14, where Abraham paid his tithes to Melchizedek, understanding who he was. In verse 22 of chapter 14, Abraham considered Melchizedek to be the fact the most high God, the possessor of heaven and earth. If you go to Hebrew and study that, the author there makes it clear that Melchizedek was eternally preexistent, abiding forever. So in my opinion, I believe Melchizedek was or is the pre-incarnate appearance of Jesus Christ. Uh, uh, in theology, we use the term a Christophany. Throughout the Old Testament, we don't see Jesus mentioned, but there were times where there were physical beings that would come to the earth. One of them wrestled with Jacob. One of them debated uh, with Abraham about Lot in Sodom, whether he was going to destroy it. You know, if I can find 10 righteous. And so what I believe in many of these occasions is it's called a Christophany. Jesus took human form and came down and inter, uh, intermingled with humans. And that's what I believe Melchizedek was, establishing this divine priest, priest that was different than the Aaron's line. And so in Psalm, we see that one day when he comes, he'll, he'll be a king, but remind he's also that high priest carrying both levels. Verse number five, what happens? He says, the Lord at thy right hand shall strike through the kings in the day of his wrath. Now, five and six, he talks about this great battle. Now, if you remember the future, and there's a lot of debate over prophecy, what's going to happen, but without debating it, let me explain basically what happens. Uh, uh, we believe the next thing's going to happen is called the rapture of the church. Where those who have been saved, Jesus will come and rapture us away. Shortly after that, we'll begin the seven-year time of tribulation. First half, three and a half years, relatively peace in our world. Uh, some natural, what will seem to be natural disasters, actually punishments from God, but will come. The second half will be miserable. And um, I would say three quarters of the earth will die, or half the earth will die between here and there. Large portions of them will. Then at the end, Jesus comes back at the end of that seven-year period, and he comes. And there's been this army that is assembled following the Antichrist, following who at this point is possessed by Satan. And they're he's, there's this army is following. Actually, they're going to attack Israel. Israel is in a hiding place, probably in a place called Petra. And um, so they're going out there to fight him. They're going out to destroy Israel. And while they're going out to finally eliminate them, Jesus appears with his army, and he comes down, and he destroys in a Christ army. So please understand, these aren't just random people that Jesus is destroying. Jesus has given multiple opportunities. There's 144,000 uh, missionaries, evangelists that Jesus has spread across the globe. As much as you would say that in the tribulation time, it was hard. If you were to accept Jesus, you would die. But I believe that more people will accept Jesus in this time than probably in the 2,000 plus years of the age of, of the church. So when we look at all of this, we look at this and we say, um, What's going on? Well, it's, it's just this final battle of Satan, where Satan's still trying to win. Please remember, Satan and Jesus are not equal. Jesus didn't come down and battle. Jesus came down and spoke. And as he spoke, his words destroyed the armies. And ultimately, his angel, head angel, we see that later at the Great White Throne, his head angel, um, Michael, takes him, chains him, and puts him in to the lake of fire, which he's held until the end of the thousand-year reign. So he comes down. He's not, he's fighting. He's kind of 
ending the time that Satan, he was given time on this earth, Satan's given time. So he comes down, that's what you see in this, that the rulers, everybody who's gone against God, and they have massively, not even now, it's even worse than today, but they're gonna go against God, and God's just gonna come, and he's gonna send Jesus, and in a very swift, very uh, strong show of force, he's gonna end his enemies. In verse seven, he actually says, he shall drink of the brook in the way. Therefore shall he lift up his head. Actually, he, in fatigue, he'll come and he'll actually take water out of the brook and he'll drink from it. Again, reminding us of his humanity. When we see all of this, what we see is we have the future that there is a king that's going to rule and reign forever and a priest that gives us access to God. And in those two, if on a one person, Jesus, he's going to throw off the enemy. He's going to throw off those who want to end Christianity. And it gets, it's, it's already seen in our world today, but it gets extremely vicious when we get into tribulation time. And if you've put your faith in Jesus, by the way, you won't see any of that. You won't see the tribulation period. You won't see those things. We'll come back for some of it uh, during the millennium time, but we're not gonna be seeing that because we, as a church, we get raptured and we spend time in heaven prior to that. Um, so let me encourage you to, one, recognize what you see today. It's all gonna end at some point. Jesus is gonna come and reign. All the promises he gave are going to happen. But then we also see in the aspect that it's us putting our faith in Jesus is what we need to be able to fulfill, to be able to have that promise that we will go with him. I wanna thank you for joining us. I know that was a bit heavier than we normally do. I hope it was a help. If you got questions, please feel free to send them. With that in mind, I mentioned Monday, I believe it was, uh, that if you'd like, I'm debating as I move into January, we're getting closer to end Psalm, and as we move into January, what to do. And uh, I wanna obviously, we'd like to go through a book and we'll have that, but if you have questions that you'd like us to answer, they can be practical, they can be about our world, what the Bible says about what's happening today in prophecy or politics, uh, questions about the different religions, what do, what do we believe or why do we believe this, what's the Bible say about this? I'd love to hear from you and I'd like to be able to answer questions, whether you are part of our church or just watch this or listen to this. The best way to communicate to us is through our website, bensalembaptist.org, at the bottom of each page, contact form. Just fill that out and write the question. We'll set those aside and here in a few weeks after Christmas we'll begin the process of answering some of those questions. And so if you have some, please feel free to send them. We've already got a couple. I've already enjoyed looking them over. I'm excited about the potential of studying them and being able to discuss and hopefully be a help with them. So if that's interest of you, please feel free to send it our way. Again, if you know me personally, if you have my cell phone number, you can send the question that way. If you prefer, we'll keep you anonymous and just ask the question. Thanks for joining us today. Went a couple minutes longer than I normally do, uh, but I do appreciate the opportunity to be part of your day and hope you have a great rest of the day. Hope to see you online tonight. Seven o'clock, adults, church YouTube page and a channel and YouTube page, a Facebook page, teens on the teen, uh, BBC teens, Elevate YouTube channel. And we hope to see you all there tonight at seven o'clock. Thanks for joining us today. We look forward to seeing you tomorrow.